Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Relove Podcast. This is Pastor Seth Yolorda, and I wanna thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this week's message. Our prayer is that it will leave you inspired, encouraged, and challenged as you grow higher in Christ. And I also just wanna ask that if this message is a blessing to you, that you would take the time to share it, to send it to a friend, send it to a family member so that they too can be blessed. Again, we thank you for taking the time to listen and we pray that you are blessed. Well, today I want to talk about how God, in this last installment of the Pivot series, how God is calling us to pivot towards victory. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you so much just for an opportunity to open your word again. I thank you so much for an opportunity to gather with our family and some even our family and friends in our homes, in our couches, whether we're in the car listening to this, we're at home listening to this, maybe we're sitting at the dinner table, the breakfast table, eating a meal. We're doing this together, God. I just thank you. And I just invite you into our space right now that you would come into our living rooms, that you would come into our vehicles, that you would come into our cars, into our headphones, that you would come through these mediums that we have, uh, these te technological mediums, and you speak to our heart, God. That is my prayer. And as we dig into your word, speak to us, Jesus. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm here in my garage, and I'm not just here in my garage, but I'm actually also here in my garage gym. This is a gym that, honestly, I set up as a result of the coronavirus. I try to work out three, four days a week. Um, but as you know, coronavirus early on in March, it pretty much shut everything down. So I just went on offer up in Craigslist and a few websites and started picking up a few pieces of, of equipment to kind of build out my own home gym. And what's interesting is that the reason why I built out this home gym is because I recognize that if I'm going to get stronger, physically stronger, and I want to be healthy, I want to have good cardio, and I want to have a, a strong heartbeat and have strong muscles, I've got to lift weights. Yeah, I, I have to put this weight on my back or put this weight on my chest and I have to be willing to lift it up. I have to be willing to endure the strain and the struggle of a weight that a lot of times is too heavy, feels too heavy. A lot of times I think I'm going to be crushed by it. A lot of times it feels as though um, I can't bear it, but I continue to push and strain against it because in the middle of the struggle is where my strength lies and that is where growth actually happens. That is not enough just for me to be in the garage gym and to be standing here, but I actually have to get under the weight and I actually have to lift this weight in order for me to actually grow. Now, it's interesting because the reason why we lift is because we recognize that I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what situation I'm going to be in. You know, I don't know. And someone might call me over their house to help them lift a couch, to help them move a piano. And I want to be kind of, you know, strong enough to be able to lift these things. Someone might, my daughters might ask me to pick them up and I want to be, you know, about to be 40 years old this year. I still want to be strong enough to lift them, to carry them, to wrestle with them um, and to also to protect them and to defend them. If someone comes against us, I want to be strong enough that I can fight the, the assailant off and I can, you know, have, have victory in, in, that, in that event. That the reason why I lift is because I recognize I have to grow stronger to not just protect my family and to provide for my family, but to be in good health and to be around for my family for a long time. 
It's interesting because I think one of the best examples of strength conditioning that I've recently heard was when I was watching The Last Dance. I don't know if you saw it. The Last Dance was a documentary that ESPN did on Michael Jordan and his six championships that he won with the Chicago Bulls. And it really focused on the last year that he won. I think it was like 98 when he won his last one. And it kind of walked him through like his, his rookie season, his first three, and then his last three championships. And it's interesting because in 19, I think it was 89, Michael Jordan, he was just coming to the league. He had been in the league for a few years, and he was playing against the, the Detroit bad boy Pistons. And at that time, Detroit was stronger than him. They were angrier than him. They were fiercer than him. They were meaner than him. I mean, they literally recalled the bad boys, right? And they had just won the year before, and then they, 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 they faced the Bulls, Michael Jordan and the Bulls in the Eastern Conference Finals, and Michael Jordan says, you know what, they just beat us up. They just ran over us. They were too strong, they were too physical, they were too aggressive, they were too mean, they just ran us over. And in fact, the Bulls, the, excuse me, the Pistons went on to win that year, uh, to win the championship that year. But what Michael Jordan and his team did after they lost to the Pistons, is they went and they got in the weight room. They went and they got in the weight room and they started lifting this weight. They started lifting weights and getting stronger because they recognized that if we're gonna win a championship, we've got to go through Detroit. And if we're gonna beat Detroit, then we have to be stronger than Detroit. And so he got in the weight room that summer and true to form, that next year he met the Pistons again and they beat the Pistons and the Bulls went on to win three back to back to back championships because Michael Jordan and his team were stronger, they were fiercer, they were, they were more aggressive. They had endured the struggle and the strain of the weight in the weight room that allowed them, that gave them the energy and the strength to overcome whatever opponent they faced. And that's really what lifting weights is all about. It's about giving us the strength to endure whatever race we find ourselves in, whatever situation we find ourselves in. We are strong enough, we are physical enough, we have the muscles, we have the things that we need in order to endure. Well, what's interesting about this weight is that this weight right here, all of this weight, this is self-imposed weight. These 200, and I think this is like 255 pounds that I have on the bar right now that you could use for a back squat or a front squat or, or, a, or a, 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 a jerk, a clean and jerk. Like this weight right here, this is self-imposed weight. Like you don't have to come in here and lift this weight if you don't want to. Yeah. You choose to lift physical weights. But the question is, and the reality is, is that many of us, that we have a weight on our back that is not self-imposed. Many of us have a weight on our back that is life-imposed. It's a weight that life dropped on us. We didn't put these plates on this bar. Life put these plates on this bar. And a result, as a result of life putting plates on the bar of our life, many of us feel as though the weight is too heavy. Weight's too heavy. So what do you do when life puts a weight on your back that you feel is too heavy for you to carry? That is the question. What do you do when life puts a weight on your back that you feel is too heavy for you to carry?
Some of you are experiencing the weight of divorce. Some of you all, like we talked about yes last week, are experiencing the weight of sexual sin or the weight of a sick child or the weight of unemployment due to the coronavirus or the weight of not being able to get a job after you graduated because of the coronavirus or the weight of social unjust that you find like it's just you didn't ask for this you didn't you didn't you didn't want this you were born into this crazy world or the weight of abusive parents or an abusive spouse or the weight of life that is on your back what do you do when life puts a weight on your back that is too, that you think is too heavy for you to bear. For most of us, if it get, weight gets too hard, we, we buckle under the weight. We get discouraged, we get depressed, we get frustrated. We wanna throw in the towel, we wanna check out, we wanna give up on God and give up on life and say, this is not just, this is not fair. But I just wanna give you some encouragement today, if I may. Here's one principle that I found in the word. It's in 1 Corinthians in chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It's on the screen, and this is from the Message Bible. And it says, no test, no test, no test, no weight or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. And so what Paul is basically saying in 1 Corinthians, he's saying, listen, I want you to understand that whatever weight you're dealing with, whatever divorce you're going through, whatever sexual sin you're battling, whatever sick child you're having to wrestle with, whatever unemployment you're having to battle with, whatever you're going through, Paul says, understand that whatever you're going through, whether it's cancer that's eating you away on the inside or some type of stress that's attacking you from the outside, Paul says, no matter what you're going through, Paul says, other people have also been through this. And then he says, all you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be here to help you come through it. Ah, let me read that again. No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it. Paul is essentially saying is that when you lift this weight and when you find yourself struggling under the weight that life has imposed, understand that there's always going to be a spotter. Understand that God won't put more weight on your bar than you can handle. And that if you're going through it, that God saw it coming to you before it landed on you. And that God, if God allowed it to land on you, then God is going to keep you as you journey through it. I, I just, I want to get that into your spirit this morning real quick. I want you to understand that no matter what the weight that you're battling, no matter what the situation you're facing, no matter how bad or how crazy, and trust me, I've been through some crazy, trust me, I've been through some bad, I've lived through some nightmares, I've, I've had some struggles, my life is not perfect, and what I've come to understand is that if I'm going through it, it's because God has allowed this weight to be on me, and God is trying to do something in me, which is why he's saying, Seth, I'm allowing this weight to set on you. I'm allowing this weight to be on your chest. I'm allowing this weight to be on your back. I am with you and it won't crush you if you just continue to hold on to me. It won't. It won't crush you. It won't take you out. It might feel like it's going to crush you, but when 
When do we ever let our feelings take control? It might feel like it's too heavy, but when do we start letting our feelings lead us and inform our decision-making process? No, as Christians, we don't let our feelings take control of our decision-making process. As believers, we live by faith, not by feelings. So I might feel like the divorce is too heavy. I might feel like a sick child is too much. I might feel like this unemployment and bankruptcy and zero money in my bank account is going to crush me. But when did I let my feelings take control? As a believer, our feelings are not in the driver's seat. As a believer, we live by faith. Faith that says that though I'm going through a lot, faith that says that though there's a lot of weight on me right now, faith that says that though I feel overwhelmed, I know I will not be crushed because God will not put more on me than I can bear. And, and as, you, as you wrestle with the reality of the weight, what I want you to understand is that sometimes we might be of the impression that God allows certain things to happen in our life and he puts certain weights on our back. He allows certain things to happen on our life uh, un- uh, with, without like any future, without any future goal or future objective. What I want you to understand is that whatever you're going through right now, no matter how bad it might be, no matter how tough the sin, last week we talked about sexual sin. If you're battling and struggling with sexual sin right now, no matter what sin you're battling, it could be sexual sin or anger or depression or, or, or lying or gossip, whatever it is that you feel you're battling that you're trying to overcome something that has happened in your past. What I want you to fundamentally understand is that God desires you to experience victory in Christ. I hope you caught that. I use a lot of hand motions for you. God desires you to experience victory in Christ. That that when God puts the weight and, and where God allows the weight to be placed on the bar of your life, that God is not saying, yeah, I want this weight to crush them. Yeah, I want them to be defeated. Yeah, I want them to be to be discouraged. Yeah, I hope they don't they don't overcome this. No, God is saying, listen, the weight is going to happen. Life is going to happen. Sin is going to happen. Frustration and discouragement and adverse un, unfair situations are going to arise. But what God is essentially saying to the people of God is that, listen, no matter what weight is on on your back, you can be victorious. So on number one, understand that he won't put more on you than you can bear. And number two, when you find yourself under a load of weight, understand fundamentally that God desires you to experience victory. Victory, victory. I, I love how Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57. Paul says it like this, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is from the New King James Version. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. It's talking about how this world is falling apart and sin is running rampant. But when it's all said and done, Christ, he he got the keys to hell and the grave. And that through Christ, we're going to experience victory in Jesus. So thanks be to God who always gives us, who always gives us victory 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't stop there because if you fast forward in 2 Corinthians in chapter 2, verse 14, he says, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. I, I don't know. I don't know if Paul was was on something, if he was smoking something. I don't know if he was just off somewhere. But Paul clearly has this framework in his mind. He clearly is operating from from a set of principles that I think you and I often struggle with. Paul, the principles of under which Paul operated was not that defeat is inevitable. The principles that Paul operated from was not that discouragement was inevitable. The principles that Paul operated from was that victory is evitable, evitable and not just evitable, but victory is, is expected for believers. It was almost like Paul said, you know what? Yeah, you're going to go through some stuff, but God always causes you to triumph. <laughs> I mean, you're going to struggle a little bit, but don't worry. God always leads you in victory. I mean, it was almost as if his framework was, was otherworldly, that he had another perspective on the situation. That Paul is saying that when you go through the struggle and the weight and the bar is heavy and the weight is dense and you don't feel like you can stand up under the pressure, understand, Paul is saying, what are you, what are you, what are you talking about? God always causes you to be victorious. So, so, so... If God won't put more on me than I can bear and God always leads me in triumph and always causes me to experience victory, how is it? Why is it that we struggle so much? I, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the text is uh, uh, if God says, I won't give you more than you can bear. So the weight will be you'll be able to endure it. And and with that weight that you'll be able to bear, you'll always be victorious. How is it possible that we why is it that we always seem to struggle? In fact, it seems as though victory is inevitable. It almost seems as though struggle is inevitable. That the thing you and I are will, will inevitably deal with. Is the struggle, not the victory. Victory is almost like an outlier. Like if we hear a testimony where someone overcame pornography, then we're like, oh man, praise, praise the Lord. We haven't seen that in a while. If we had the victory that someone was able to make it through a divorce, reconcile a relationship, um, overcome some addiction, some drug, you know, overcome some habit, overcome some, 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 some issue that was eating away at them. If someone actually lives a victorious life, I mean, those are like, oh wow, like we haven't heard a testimony. It's almost as if victory becomes the outlier the anomaly that we rarely hear about and struggle is the thing that is inevitable and that we always hear about it. What, why is there a disconnect between what, what, what Paul said about Christ not putting more on us than we can bear and what Paul said about God always leading us in triumph and the reality that we struggle so much? I think John chapter 16 and verse 33 really gives us some insight into this tension that we experience as believers 
between the victory that Paul says we should be experiencing and the struggle that we experience on our daily day-to-day basis. In John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus is about to go and he shares this message with his disciples. This is from the message version. He says, I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In another version, he says, I've shared all these things so that in me, you might have peace. What Christ wants us to know is that, yeah, things are going crazy. I'm about to leave, but I want you to have peace. And then he says something that only he fully understood the weight of his words and how that would impact us today. He says, in this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. Another version says, in this world, you shall have tribulation. You will go through stuff. There will be wrestling. There will be fighting. There will be struggle. There will be temptations. There will be trials. There will be tests. In this world, you will go through stuff. But then he says, but take heart or be of good cheer. I have conquered the world or I have overcome the world. So it's almost like Christ is saying, it's like, listen, I want you to understand that you're going to go through some things. You're going to have some struggle. You're going to have some temptations. You're going to have some trials. There's going to be some situations that run up against you and you're not going to know what to do. There's going to be some weight on your life, some, some difficulty, some plates, some, some challenges. There's going to be some pressure on you. You're going to go through stuff. Struggle. It's almost as if he's saying struggle will also be inevitable. But be of good, char- be of good cheer. Because my victory is also inevitable. And I guess what I want to do just is I want to decouple in your minds struggle from defeat. That just because I'm struggling under the weight of stress and just because I'm struggling under the weight that is behind me, I'm because I'm struggling with my divorce and I'm struggling with pornography and I'm struggling with drinking and smoking. I'm struggling with these issues. I'm struggling with my pride. I'm struggling with my arrogance. I'm, I'm struggling with racism. I'm struggling with a- anger and animosity and resentment. Just because I'm struggling with these things doesn't mean I have to be crushed or defeated by these things. No, but because of what Christ did on Calvary, Christ has seen Secure the victory for me so that while the struggle is there, yes, the victory is also there. And I struggle and I win and I struggle and I win and I struggle and I win and I win because of what Christ has done for me on Calvary. I win that I am victorious, that I am more than a conqueror and that even though there may be some times when I slip and I fall and it feels as though the weight is too heavy and I might drop the weight or it might feel like it crushes me I get back up because I recognize that Christ has secured the victory and by faith I am an overcomer see see I, I I think that the reason why we struggle with understanding the fundamentals of Christian victory in life is because fundamentally we misunderstand that what God is trying to do in our lives is that God is trying to lead us into victory, that he is trying to bring us by faith to understand that our victory isn't based on what we do. Our victory is based on faith by faith in what he did for us. 
And so, so Paul says it like this in Colossians. In Colossians chapter 2, Paul says, listen, if you want to continue to walk this walk of faith with Christ, understand that, that in order for you to experience victory in this life, that your victory in this life over these besetting sins, over these trials, over these tribulations, over this difficulty, so that you, your life is not characterized by defeat, all of that comes within the context of relationship. The context of relationship. Your ability to win the battle over sin in your life is based on your ability to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. So don't focus so much on the sin, focus more on the relationship. Ah, I want you to get this. I don't know. I don't know if it's clear. I don't know if you're getting it. I want you to get this. So Colossians in chapter two in verse six from the New Living Translation, he says, let your let your roots, excuse me, verse six. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. So Paul is saying that, listen, fundamentally, I want your, I want your roots to grow, to grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. So everything you do, it should be based on your relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't want victory over porn separate from my relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't want victory over my anger separate from my relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not just coming to Christ so that he can make me a better person or, 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 or a better version of myself. No, I'm coming to Christ because I want to be in relationship with him. Fundamentally, he says, verse 7, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. So Paul is essentially saying that when you're in relationship with Jesus Christ, that is when your faith will grow strong. And so your, your ability, no, let me say it like this. One key to victory over the weight that is upon you so that it doesn't crush you. One key to victory over sin in your life is, is faith that Christ has already obtained the victory. See, you see, we think that my ability to overcome is based off of my ability to lift this weight. But no, your ability to overcome is not based on your ability to lift the weight. Your ability to overcome is based on your faith and your belief that Christ has already lifted this weight. He's already lifted it. That he's already dealt with the weight and the sin that we are battling right now. I mean, so much so that, that in 1 John, 1 John says it like this, verse 5. He says from the New Living Translation, um, verse, verse 4, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For every child of God defeats this evil world. Every child of God defeats this evil world. Every child of God defeats this evil world. And we achieve this victory through our faith. Every child of God defeats the evil in this world. And we achieve victory through our faith. 
And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Hear what John is saying. He's saying the same thing that Paul was saying, which is the same thing that Jesus was saying. That your ability to overcome sin, your ability to defeat the evil in this world is, is, is directly connected to you being able to pivot towards faith in the victory that Christ has already achieved for us on Calvary. That is how we win. So when I'm struggling, when I'm struggling with depression, when I'm just struggling with discouragement, the question is, who am I going to listen to? Am I going to listen to how I feel? Or am I going to listen to by faith what God says in his word? And many of us experience struggle and defeat. Struggle and defeat, struggle and defeat, because we are not listening to the word. We're listening to the world. We're listening to our fears. We're listening to our feelings. We're listening to our feelings, which are saying, oh, this is heavy. Oh, this is too much. Oh, I don't know if I can lift this. Oh, this is too much for me. And because we're telling ourselves that and we're saying that to ourselves over and over and over again, eventually it psychs us out to where we crumble under the weight. And Christ is like, no, you're experiencing struggle, which leads to defeat. What I want you to experience it's struggle that leads to victory, struggle that leads to victory. So yeah, you might be confronted with the temptation. You might be tempted to go down that road and you might be struggling with that thing. But because of the faith that you have in Jesus Christ, you're able to resist that thing and you'll be able to turn aside and to walk in the life that Christ has promised you. A life of victory where yes, there's struggle and yes, there's difficulty. But we're not focused on the struggle. We're focused on what Christ has said to us in his word, that we are in relationship with him. He, he goes on in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. He says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Stop listening to what people are telling you. Stop listening to your feelings. For in Christ lives all the fullness of the Godhead in a human body. So you also are complete through your union in Christ. It's like Paul is trying to direct us. You're struggling, focus on your relationship. You're struggling, focus on your relationship. You feel defeated, focus on your relationship. You feel defeated, focus on what Christ has done for you. Focus on your relationship. Focus on what Christ has done for you. Focus on your relationship. Focus on what Christ has done for you. Stop focusing on how you feel. Stop focusing on what your friends are telling you. Stop focusing on what the world says about you. Stop focusing on what you did last night. Don't focus on those things. Focus on what God has done. Paul says, you are complete in Christ. Verse 11, when you come to Christ, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. So if Christ cut away my sinful nature, the question is, why do I continue to fall to defeat in my sinful nature? Why do I continue to struggle 
that leads to defeat in my sinful nature. It's because rather than understanding what Christ has done, I'm focusing on the sins of my nature. And Christ saying, no, I've cut that away. Don't focus on what I did away with. Did away with. Focus on who I am. Focus on what I'm doing. For if you want victory, you have to pivot towards a relationship with me. For it is in the context of relationship that victory is found. I want to say that so you get it. It is in the context of relationship that victory is found. Paul says, Colossians verse 12, 2 verse 12, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all of our sins. Vict struggle that leads to victory because Christ has forgiven us of all our sins. The question is, do you believe this by faith? You see, your faith is literally a, a hitch that you, that you latch onto the vehicle called Christ. And when you latch your, your faith onto the vehicle of Christ, you're saying, you know what? I'm believing that what Christ says about me is what's real. I'm believing that where Christ is going, I'm following. I'm believing that through Christ, I am an overcomer. I'm believing that what he says about me is true. I'm, re I'm believing that in relationship, I can experience victory. And while, yes, I will struggle, and yes, the weight will be heavy, the, the struggle is always going to be there, but the victory is inevitable because I am connected to Christ, and Christ has already secured cure the victory for me on Calvary. But if you connect your faith to your feelings and you hitch your vehicle to your feelings or you hitch your vehicle to your fears or you hitch your vehicle to your past failures, then struggle will always lead to defeat. And Paul says, no, 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 no. Christ leads us to victory. Verse 14, he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. This is what I want you to get. Christ's victory on the cross becomes my victory in my daily life by faith. Christ's victory on the cross becomes my victory in my daily life by faith. And because Christ won, I know I already have the victory. I won. And whatever struggle I'm experiencing, I'm experiencing it because this is what we call the process of sanctification. That when you get into the garage gym of your life and you and God and life puts plates, weight on your life, uh, life imposed weight on the bar of your life, it will be a struggle. For some of you, your marriage is a struggle. For some of you, you are struggling with sexual purity. For some of you, you are 
struggling with resentment and animosity against your parents. For some of you, you are struggling with bitterness and, and, and anger towards your boss. For some of you, you are struggling. You, you are frustrated in life. The struggle is there. In this life, you will experience difficulty. But, but don't worry. I've overcome. And because I've overcome, you overcome through me overcoming. The struggle is there, but struggle doesn't have to lead to defeat. Struggle leads to victory. I think one of the best ways that I can try to really illustrate this is if you think about what's taking place in the next couple of weeks. Many of us, obviously, um, because of the coronavirus, we haven't been able to engage and watch sports. Sports has been shut down. But the NBA is supposed to open back up in a few weeks in Orlando. And uh, there is a lot of um, hope that LeBron, at least from, from us in Southern California, that LeBron will be able to bring a championship to the Lakers. Um, and so we're hoping for that, fingers crossed. And when you think about it, man, there is the coronavirus, there's social unrest, there's Black Lives Matter, there's all these issues that are swirling around Orlando and around our nation. Um, in addition to that, you know, LeBron, LeBron is getting up in age. Will he be able to do it. The Clippers are chomping at the bit. You know, the Clippers want it. Milwaukee wants it. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of potential anxiety for sports fans about, man, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? But but let me just try to explain it like this. If I knew if I had some type of crystal ball that could look into the future, I had a time machine that could take me in, into uh, September, October of 2020, and I saw by going into this future that the Lakers actually won the championship. And then I came back into the present reality of July. Uh, there were two things I would do. Number one, I would go straight to Vegas and place my bet. <laughs> okay, just kidding, not really. Uh, the first thing I would do is I would, well, let me, I would be confident, let me say it like that. I would be confident that LeBron is going to win primarily because I've already seen them in the future win. <laughs> I want you to get this, I want you to get this. Because I've seen the future and I know they win, when I watch their game and they're down by 10, they're down by 15, I would not be concerned at all. Because I know, yeah, they're struggling right now, but I've seen the end of the story. I've seen the end of the season and they win the championship and I would just be sitting back, relax, while yes, I see their struggle, I would probably try to encourage them because listen, I've seen you guys are going to win. However, if I don't know they're going to win and I see them struggling, then I would be a little anxious and a little worried, and a little discouraged when they fall down by 10 or when they lose a game here or lose a game there. I'll be worried because I don't know what the end will be. And all I'm trying to communicate to you is that when Christ secured, when Christ secured the victory for us on Calvary, that was a glimpse into our future. And that Christ is saying, yes, yeah, like you're victorious. You will overcome. You're more than a conqueror. This thing won't, 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 won't defeat you. And though you may experience struggle right now, don't let that struggle lead to discouragement and that discouragement lead to defeat. But understand fundamentally that the struggle is going to lead to victory. That you and I 
are victorious, not because of what we do, but we are victorious because of what Christ has done, period, what Christ has done. And so we stay in the gym and when life throws us weight that we feel is too hard, too pressing, too overwhelming, we get up underneath it and we keep pressing and we keep pressing and we keep pressing because we know that in Christ we are conquerors and that by faith we win because Christ won we will win because Christ won we win because Christ won we win in fact I would love for you to put that in the chat right now because Christ won we win because Christ won, we win because Christ won, we win. You might want to text a family member, a friend right now because Christ won, we win. And the struggle I'm experiencing right now will not by faith lead to defeat. The struggle I'm experiencing right now will lead to victory. So what do you do? I hear you, Pastor. The question is, what do you do when you're under the bar of life and it keeps adding weight after weight after weight and you drop it and you drop it and you drop it and you try and you fail? I've been trying to have victory over sexual sin and I keep failing, I keep failing, I keep failing. I'm trying to have victory over my anger. I keep failing, I keep failing, I keep failing. I'm trying to have victory uh, over my greed, over my lying. I'm trying to have victory over all of these things. I keep failing, I keep failing, I keep failing. The question is, what do you do? Well, number one, what I want you to fundamentally understand is that your salvation is not tied to victory over a, a situational sin. Let me break this down. Your salvation is not tied to your victory over a situational sin. What do I mean by situational sin? So my wife came in and I got angry and I yelled at her and I lost my temper. I blew my cool, right? I messed up, said some things I shouldn't have said. Does that mean I'm lost? No, <laughs> it doesn't mean you're lost. It just means that God's not done with you. Yeah, you're still in the process. You need to push you back in the oven. You're not done yet. Right? You're still in the sanctification process. I want you to have that, that peace of mind to know that, man, when I struggle and I fail, that failure isn't necessarily defeat. Failure just means God's still growing me. I'm still struggling. I'm still growing. I'm still maturing. He's still working on me. And we, we, we have a lot of grace when babies are trying to walk and they stumble and fall, have some grace and some compassion for yourself. That when you stumble and fall, yes, you need to confess your faults. Yes, you need to ask for forgiveness. If you get into it, you say some things you should have said. Yes, you need to go back and you need to repent. Yes, you need to humble yourself, but understand that God ain't done with you yet. Number one. Number two, I want you to understand that the struggle that you're experiencing is really the struggle that is characterized in the Bible, specifically in Romans, where Paul says that the flesh and the spirit are battling against each other. The flesh wants to act out. The spirit wants to act holy. The, the flesh wants to indulge. The spirit wants to, to embrace self-control. And that there is this struggle. There is this tension. And a lot of times we, we, we're struggling and we're floundering all over the place, but the struggle 
that we're experiencing and that we're manifesting is just a result because Christ is doing a work in my life and the flesh doesn't want to let him go. If you feel the struggle, the struggle is good. Let me just paint it like this. The best way I can illustrate it is an illustration I heard many years ago. That imagine that you're rowing down a, a river in a canoe and off in the distance down the river, you see a man who is frailing his arms. He goes down, he comes back up, he's frailing his arms. Clearly this man is, is, it can't swim. He's in the water, doesn't have a life jacket on. He, he, is, he looks like he's drowning. Would you look at that man who struggling and would you say no hope for him he's a goner let me just roll right by him no the struggle is an indication that he wants to live the struggle is an indication that there is still life in him now if his body was just still and lifeless then you might say oh yeah he's a goner <laughs> If there was no struggle, oh yeah, he is dead to sin, as the Bible says. He is dead in sin, as the Bible says. But if you see the person struggling, it's an indication that life is striving to overcome death. And in your life, where you sense struggle, understand that God is saying, I want my life to overcome the death in you. I want you to die to sin and to be alive in Christ, and there is a struggle. And that struggle should be embraced and understood that it is you growing in your faith and growing in your, in your walk with God. The third thing I want you to understand as you continue to try and fail and try and fail and try and fail is to understand that, that, that God can and will give victory over situational circumstances and sins, that God wants you to have a, a victory over pride and sin and sexual sin and immorality. He wants you to have, be, be a, have victory over arrogance and depression and animosity. Like he does not want that to be characterized by the believer's life. In fact, that is the work of the, the, work of the flesh. He says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, goodness, faithfulness, self-control like that, that. God wants that for you. He wants you to overcome those things. But I want you to understand this, that victory and this is the point. Victory does not happen outside of a love relationship with God. Victory does not happen outside of a love relationship with God. Okay, what do I mean? Let me just say it simply. Your, your victory over circumstantial sin in your life, your anger, your, your immorality, your bitterness, your victory over that happens when you love God more than you love sin. We have to get to a point where we love God more than we love sin. Even the sin that feels natural to us. We have got to get to the point where our love for God far exceeds any sin that I might be holding on to.
And so to gain sin, gain victory over sin, it is about your ability to grow in your knowledge and love for God. So as I begin to realize how much God loves me and how much God loves me and how much God loves me and how much God loves me. And as, as I begin to understand, wow, he loves me this much. I then begin to fall in love with him, more in love with him, more in love with him, more in love. And the more in love I fall with God, the more out of love I fall with my sin. The more I don't, I don't want to tolerate sexual sin, the more I don't want to tolerate my, my animosity and my anger, the more I don't want to tolerate my, my hatred and my bitterness and my racism, the more I don't want to tolerate those things in my life. Why? Because I am more in love with God. That victory happens when we fall in love with Jesus. That Jesus is not some genie that we rub to give us a better quality of life, but that Jesus is a person that he desires us to be in love relationship with and that our victory over sin is directly connected to our ability to be in love with Jesus. And so Paul continually says, grow in your love, be rooted in love, Understand the depth of God's love. When you understand how much he loves you, when you fully comprehend the, the vastness of the love of God, that that's where our victory lies. That's when I, man, I don't want it anymore. I don't, I don't, wanna, I, I don't wanna sleep with her anymore. I don't wanna go there anymore. I ain't drinking that no more. Listen, I don't wanna partake in that type of lifestyle anymore. I don't wanna go down that road anymore. I don't wanna hang with those people anymore. I don't, I don't want that life. Because I love Jesus, and I love Jesus more than I love that life. And so, what I want to encourage you this, this morning is that when you think about your life and you pivoting towards victory, if you want victory over sin, what I want you to do is I want you to focus less on the sin and focus more on loving God. And the more you focus on loving God, the more you will reflect the image and the character and the heart of God. That's it. That's, I mean, it's the old song, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And as you grow in your love for God, this is what happens. You automatically also grow in your love for others. <laughs> That's why Christ can look at in Matthew in Matthew 24. He can look at the sheep and the goats and he can say he can say, you know, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. When I was naked, you didn't clothe me. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me anything to drink. They're like, well, when when do we do that? And he's like, listen, if you did it to them, you did it to me. Because if you love me, you'll love them. And if you love them, you'll love me. That as you grow in your love for God, it automatically begins to push, position you in right relationship with your brothers and sisters in this world. So that's why Christ says, how is it possible? Paul says, how is it possible for you to love your, for you to love your God who you've never seen and hate your brother who you see every single day? 
that, that, that my growth and maturity and ability to live a victorious life is directly connected to how much I love God, how much I'm drawing in relationship to God, and through my relationship with other people as manifested the love of God through me towards them. So, they come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? What is the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, you want to know what the greatest commandment is? The, the, the thing that you should do, the thing I'm most concerned about. He didn't say porn. He didn't say anger. He didn't say uh, racism. He said the greatest commandment, the thing I'm most concerned about. He said, love me. Love me with everything that you have. Love me more than you love your, your car, your house. Love me more than you love your job. Love me more than you love your family. Love me with every ounce of your being. That is the greatest commandment. If you do that, nothing else will be an issue. Nothing else will be an issue. The struggle will almost appear insignificant because of the love you have for God. And then he says, ah, if you want to know the second thing I'm concerned about, <laughs> love other people. Love other people the same way you love yourself. So how do I how do, I, how do I accomplish this? How do I grow in my knowledge of God, my love for God? Really, it's real simple. Spend time with God. Pray. Go into your prayer closet and say, God, help me to fall in love with you. Reveal to me your love. You see, our love for God is a response to his love for us. For we love him because he first loved us. So God, help me to understand how much you love me. Spend time in prayer and spend time in his word. The word is a revelation of God's love for humanity. And when, when you feel as though... Your heart is saying, well, you're not good enough. You don't really love him. Oh, look what you did. Just, just silence it. Say, yeah, I know I'm not perfect. But this I do know. God loves me. And I am falling in love with him. And as you fall in love with God, victory is inevitable. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I thank you so much for your word, which reveals to us that while we struggle, we don't have to be defeated and that victory is possible. God, my prayer is for every one of your people right now that are listening to this, whether on YouTube, Facebook, podcast, today, tomorrow, next week, next year, my prayer is that we might understand that you deeply love us and that it is in that love relationship that we find victory over sin in our life. And that while we may struggle, 
because of what you've done for us, our struggle leads to victory. God, I pray for your people. I pray for your Holy Spirit to be poured out in their life. Draw them deeper into your love. Reveal to them how much you recklessly just love them and what you've done for them. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.